Hello, friends. Before we start today's episode, I need to talk about the tragic events that took place Monday night, February 13th, 2023, at my alma mater, Michigan State University. I know a lot of you listening are my fellow Spartans, are your fellow Michiganders, so if you need to skip ahead a few minutes to the real episode, I understand. Also, I know not everyone who listens to this podcast is American, so I apologize for for the culture shock. But we as Americans have grown numb to mass shootings. We accept it as part of living here, even though no other country deals with this shit like we do. And when it happens to someone you love, to a place you call home, it really, really opens your eyes real fucking quick. Now, I'm not I'm not here to preach or whatever because I, I don't have answers. I'm just an asshole with a podcast who likes to talk about horror movies. Because, But, you know, horror movies are make-believe and they're special effects. This, this is reality. And the reality is, for years, we've been killing our children through our arrogance and inaction as a nation. I was four years old when the Columbine shooting occurred. I grew up with active shooter drills, and yet, I could never imagine what kids grew up with now. I was a freshman at Michigan State when the shooting at Sandy Hook occurred. When I was growing up, it was a matter of if. And for kids growing up now, it's a matter of when. And now we've reached a point where kids are living through multiple mass shootings. Kids who survived Sandy Hook in Oxford, they were at Michigan State. That is fucked up. We need to do better and make changes. Now, I don't know what those changes are. I, I don't. Like I said, I'm I'm just a dumbass. But even I can see we need to do something. We need to compromise. And we as a nation, we needed to do it years ago. But every time this happens, and this happens all the fucking time, every time this happens, we stick our heads in the sand because change is uncomfortable. Too many of us do not want to do the work and as a result, we are sacrificing our children. And, you know, there's not much us normal people can do. But we can have conversations with each other. We can try and to compromise and to come to understandings with each other instead of spewing uninformed bullshit on Facebook and Twitter. But for now, we can, we can start the change by help supporting one another and just maybe try to come up with solutions and we need to stop settling for the status quo i'm heartbroken devastated angry and most of all i'm sickened because my community is hurt and i feel like there's nothing i can do about it michigan state university is my home i truly found myself there and it's a place that gave me opportunities i can never dream of it's a place where countless memories were made where i met some of my best friends for life who i cherish with all my heart and where i grew closer with kids i grew up with from my hometown i mean i was even in the marching band you know you love a place when you're in a community like that michigan state is truly a magical place. And I know whoever is listening to this, you probably feel the same way about your school. And you should. 
Places like these are magical. It breaks my heart to see that campus where I felt safe become terrorized for so many. I graduated in 2017, so I'll be six years removed in May, but I still have friends there. Faculty who mentored me, who now mentors the next generation of kids. Kids I personally encouraged to go to MSU because I had some of the best years of my life there, and I wanted them to have the same experiences as me. And, uh, and instead they get this. We failed and are failing our kids. We need to remember the beautiful souls who we lost. Brian Frazier, Arielle Anderson, and Alexandria Werner. I I don't have the words. We also need to uh, support the students who are currently recovering from injuries sustained during this act of evil. To my Spartan family, students, faculty, and fellow alumni, I love you all. We got to stick together and support each other, but we're Spartans, and that's what we do, so I already know that's happening. To uh, my friends in the horror community, please think of your Spartan brothers and sisters during this time. That's all I have. Thank you for listening. I have a, I have a really, in, I have a really fun episode with my friend Mariah to talk about ready or not. P please enjoy that. Spartans will. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. You are all my children now. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I'm joined by photographer, graphic designer, and horror fan. Please welcome my friend, Mariah Mata. Hi, Austin. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. Mariah and I have been friends for a few years. We worked at the same nerd store together for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So fun. <laughs> and today we are talking one of my favorite films from 2019 a film that introduced me to uh scream queen samara weaving and the perfect date night movie this is a valentine's day episode when this episode's coming out it will be the day after valentine's day uh for all you lovely people with lovely people we're talking about ready or not Ooh. <laughs> Before we get into one of my favorite recent horror films, how long have you considered yourself a horror fan? I didn't really start off as a horror fan. When I was about four years old, someone showed me The Ring, so that kind of scarred me for a while. And then I went into true crime, and eventually I found Scream, and that was my entry in college. So, yeah. And now <laughs> you're a all <laughs> a late bloomer, but a good bloomer, because now you're all up in it because... uh some of the movies that you reference i'm like okay these aren't like scream <laughs> is a scream is a good mainstream horror right right Gateway. ready or not i don't think is really mainstream and then you have uh the stepfather <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was honestly, an option 
it's honestly one of my favorite scary movies it's a thriller i just watched the original one and then the 2009 one again no complaints <laughs> i've never seen i've never seen either <laughs> recommend oh i got i gotta watch it but i'm just thinking to myself looking at your list i mean it okay pennywise is pretty mainstream but yeah. um smile is brand new so you're yeah. on top of it um a quiet place i guess that one might be a little mainstream but they're great monsters i think the quiet mm-hmm. place monsters and then happy death day is kind of niche i think i like happy death day <laughs> i am obsessed with it it's kind of embarrassing to say it's one of my favorites but it's so fun it's a fun movie it's a great concept the mask makes me laugh every time i see it i i don't know if it's supposed to but it's just so funny to me it's a little uh, bit ridiculous the baby mask yeah yeah <laughs> but we ended up picking ready or not because ready or not is amazing Yeah, I won't lie. I didn't love it the first time I watched it. I knew there was like good elements to it. But on the second watch, I was hooked. Yeah. And like, I'm not the same way. I loved it the first time I watched (laughs) it. But I was a little hesitant on watching it at first, um, which I regret because I could have saw it in theaters. And I didn't. It was a I believe it was a movie my mom bought for me for Christmas because she's like, hey, it's a horror movie. I don't think you've seen it. I'm like, I haven't seen it. So perfect. This is my excuse to watch it. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, God, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. <laughs> I should have saw it in theaters. <laughs> yeah, I just watched it for the first time a few months ago. I regret not seeing it sooner. And I think everyone should know you're a huge Scream fan. I am. Too much. I watch it way <laughs> too much. <laughs> I think it's really interesting because Ready or Not and Scream are related franchises thanks to Radio Silence. yeah. I'm super excited for them to keep working on the new Scream movies. I think they have like a new fun take to it. I think it's fun. I really enjoyed Scream 5 and Mm -hmm. I'm really excited for Scream 6. I'm a little disappointed it's not called uh, Ghostface Takes Manhattan, but I don't think that's going to ruin the movie for me. (laughs) That would have been so fun. Oh my gosh. That movie looks like a lot of fun. I got to admit when I'm a huge, I've been a huge Scream fan since high school. Which, God, I sound, I feel so old saying this, but I was class of 2012. So that was 10 years ago for me, was high school. And oh my God, I just feel my bones like decaying as I said that. I'm like withering away like it, like I drank the wrong grail in uh, Indiana Jones. (laughs) You're not that old. Uh, I feel it. (laughs) But I've been a Scream fan for a very long time and I'm old enough to remember like to have gone and seen Scream 4 in theaters. Oh, wow. I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) And I was really upset, obviously, when Wes Craven passed away in 2015, because that's one of my favorite filmmakers. And when they were making the plans to continue Scream, I'm like, no, you don't do that without Wes Craven. When I found out they got radio silence and I'm like, oh, they're ready or not, guys. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, I'm not going to boycott this movie. <laughs> like, right. I, like, I was not going to see Scream 5 at first. Austin. <laughs> I, I, I love Wes Craven. And but when they when I found out they brought in Radio Silence and Kevin Williamson was coming back to serve as like a consultant, um, then I started being like, uh, OK, I like Radio Silence. I saw Ready or Not. They could handle a Scream movie because from right. Ready or Not, I'm thinking tonally they get Scream. Mm-hmm. They get what needs to be done. And 
Because I always came at it as Scream as Wes Craven's baby. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies by him. Yeah. I've, I've seen a few others, but Scream is just like the perfect little, perfect little movie to me. Right. And it's like he didn't get to control A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. That was kind of taken from, that baby was kind of taken from him for better or for worse, uh, for worse in my opinion. (laughs) But it is what it is. And Freddy's an icon. We love Freddy. I do at least. He's cool. But with Scream, (laughs) but with Scream, Wes Craven got to hold on to that the whole time. Right. And they wanted, he wanted to do a Scream 5 and a Scream 6. He had ideas that we'll never get to see. Darn. Um, I wish we could just know what his thought was for those. I do too, but I'm happy that Radio Silence got the gig because they are Wes Craven fans and it shows. Yeah. Not just in Scream, where it's literal naming a character after Wes and then like having four Wes all over your movie. (laughs) Yeah. Which I enjoy that touch, but ready or not, has that kind of Wes Craven intelligence to it, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. And a sense of fun, because with the exception of uh, some of Wes Craven's earlier work, like uh, Last House on the Left and The Hills of Eyes, Wes Craven movies are really fun. Mm -hmm. I think he found his fun with A Nightmare on Elm Street. And Scream is so much fun. All the Scream movies. Yeah, there's so many little jokes and like, it's just playful, but still a slasher and i was so scared the first few times that i watched them but now that i'm like i have the movies almost memorized you know it's fine (laughs) but now i can just like laugh and they're comfort movies for me i love it exactly and but yeah when i found out radio silence because for me at that time i only had seen ready player oh my god ready or not almost at a completely different movie (laughs) i've done that thinking about this movie (laughs) (laughs) with only seeing ready or not i knew that not only are they going to be respectful of what Wes Craven had done and what Scream is, what really cemented in my mind that they were the guys was they got David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and Nev Campbell to come back. Yeah, and Scream 5 felt like such a movie for the fans. And now that they did that and like they paid respect to you know all the fans, they can move on and make Scream 6 a little bit different. Like, they can we'll do grow. their own thing. Yeah, we'll grow with the movie since they did us a favor. Exactly, exactly. And we'll we'll move into Ready or Not at some point, <laughs> dear listener, I promise. Spoilers for Ready or Not, by the way. If you haven't seen the movie, I highly recommend it. It's so much fun. One of my favorite aspects of Ready or Not is the tone. <laughs> I have to ask, were you scared the first time you watched Ready or Not? I was. I'm a scaredy pants. <laughs> so I read the synopsis, not the synopsis, the summary before I went in. So I kind of knew what was going to happen, but not really mm-hmm. because I feel a little bit tricked by it. I don't know. But um, there was a few like jump scares. I'm not good with jump scares. But yeah, I would say I was scared. That's not hard to do, though. That's fair. But I mean, like, I think it's a movie that does its job because it has a scares. For me, it's not particularly a scary movie. Yeah. But I've seen enough at this point. <laughs> and I don't really get scared by slashers. Right. And there was enough, there was enough funny moments. Is? Yeah. Well, I was wondering if it was a slasher too, but there's not really much slashing. That's um, true. I think it's because it's human on human violence. My yeah. brain says, oh, it's a slasher. And it feels like a slasher because slasher movies are essentially hide and seek movies, right? Like, right. 
Ghostface is always looking for Sidney Prescott or mm-hmm. uh, Laurie is hiding from Michael Myers. Yeah. But yeah. Um, throughout the movie, though, like the dad, I think his name is um, Tony. He says mm-hmm. she's taking us out one by one. And she had not killed anyone at that point yet. And I was just right. like, <laughs> it's the family, the family slashing themselves and their workers, honestly. It's a little crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm just like, bro, you witnessed uh, your daughter, Emily, <laughs> take right. out two, two of what are you talking about? <laughs> In like such gruesome ways. And I did laugh at those points because it was just so ridiculous, even though the first kill with the first maid, Samara Weaving's character saw it happen. It was like a scary moment, but I was like, that's so ridiculous. And I couldn't help but laugh. Especially when she's trying to like make it better and the poor the poor woman's like not spitting out blood, but kind of just yeah, kind of like Gurgling. splurting out. Yeah. <laughs> blood and she's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Something I love about Ready or Not is it has a really interesting view on what I think a current trend of movies are doing is kind of like a lot of movies have an eat the rich attitude. Mm-hmm. Now, with I'm thinking particularly of Glass Onion, of The Menu, and right. like Ready or Not kind of did that a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way she says fucking rich people, I was like, literally, yeah, it's always them. <laughs> yeah. And how, um, and how like nonchalant they are about their workers getting killed right and it seems like in these movies only rich people have like the weird family curses or the weird family traditions like no normal people have that (laughs) i know i don't (laughs) right (laughs) well i'm also not rich so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's and like i think there's kind of like a interesting uh what does it mean to uh marry into a family like that right I mean, this movie takes it to the extreme, of course, yeah. but it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea of like, because it really is different worlds between mm-hmm. normal people and the extremely wealthy. Yeah. And in the beginning, he was like, I'm giving you an out, but he's not being honest. She has no idea what she's getting into. She thinks, oh, they're just, they're just rich people with some maybe weird behaviors, whatever, but you're never going to think that it goes to that extreme right exactly and uh samara weaving as grace is one of my favorite final girls mm-hmm. like after i saw ready or not because that was the first time i saw samara weaving i was like okay i'm a fan i need to see more of your work and then since then i've saw movies like uh mayhem which mm-hmm. is on shutter it's uh by director joe lynch yeah joe lynch and it stars Stephen Yen and Samara Weaving. It. It's on Shutter. It's really awesome. It's <laughs> like an action horror movie where uh, there's like this corporate office skyscraper that gets infected with kind of like a rage vi- virus. Ooh. And Stephen Yen teams up with Samara Weaving to like fight the boss. <laughs> Essentially, it's a I'll really fun. It. It's a really fun action horror with. Uh, a lot of good comedies. I think it's a good double feature with Ready or Not. Okay. Have you seen her in The Babysitter? I've not seen The Babysitter. It's funny. Kind of like this one, I guess. It's like silly, mm-hmm. but it's still really spooky. And that has I think, some starting in it. I think I know that one kind of has like a, 
a demonic presence in it, yeah. kind of, which I guess this one does as well. But what I like about Ready or Not, because I get scared by ghosties. Um, oh, me too. <laughs> what I like about Ready or Not is you're not quite sure if there's actually a demonic presence until the very, very end. Right. And honestly, on my first watch, I missed the ghost showing up. Oh, you I did? Just, yeah, I just like looked away or something and missed it. And so this time I was like, how did I miss that? Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, I like the idea that you don't actually know the whole way through. You don't know if at the end, if they don't kill her, if they actually are all going to die a horrible death. Right. So I like that anticipation. And like. And I think the movie is trying to push you into thinking, no, these guys are crazy. It's not actually, there's nothing supernatural. And then at the very last second, be like, psych. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you hear that the original ending was supposed to have Grace be killed by them? I did hear that. I would have hated that. That would just be a completely different movie. Oh I yeah. don't think I would like it. I don't know if I would like it or not. Because it would be such a different movie. And I don't want to say, like, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I might like the rest of it. it. It's hard to say, right? Yeah. But I do think they made the right, with the lighthearted tone of it, mm -hmm. I think they made the right choice. I agree. Because it was, like, it was pretty lighthearted throughout, even though there was scary moments and stuff. I just think it was the right move to have her as a final girl. I think Ready or Not kind of gets, kind of gets compared with Get Out a lot. That also went through a similar thing where it had a completely different downer ending. Right. I forgot about that. And uh, it changes the whole movie. <laughs> I like my scary movies to have some kind of like resolution, happy ending, whatever. I am sensitive. I need to feel happy at the end of something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm down for a sour ending, but an upsetting ending needs to fit with the rest of the movie. Right. Yeah, makes sense. And I think with Get Out, I think Get Out could have gotten away with it. Yeah. I don't think it would be as well received as it is. I think they made the right choice doing it the way they did it. But if they went with the original sour ending, I don't think that would have been terribly out of place. Yeah, I think I it think... would have made sense. I would have just been saddened by it. Right. Especially because you point, think it's going to go that route anyways. Right. You always you hope for a little high note. Right. But. With Ready or Not, if that had an unhappy ending, I think it would have been totally very different from the yeah. rest of the movie. And not to say like, oh, I thought Grace was going to live the whole time. But it's a very lighthearted movie, I think. Right. It's but a very fun horror. It is. On her being the final girl, I... I don't know. I feel like the marketing kind of showed us something different than what she was. Like in the picture, she has like the row of bullets. She has a big gun. But through the whole movie, she's just like stumbling about. Right. And like she accidentally became a final girl. And I kind of love that. And that's how most final girls are, too. Yeah. But the way they just marketed it, I was expecting right. gunfire throughout. Like. You think and she's going to be an action hero. <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad she fumbled her way through. It was more realistic to me. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Exactly. Because, like, she reminds me a lot of Sydney Prescott. Another reason why I knew Radio yeah. Silence would be great for Scream. <laughs> but she reminds me of Sydney Prescott and uh, Nancy Thompson from A Nightmare on Elm Street in right. the sense that they 
aren't ready for this challenge. They don't know what they're doing, but they are going to fight. Mm-hmm. And they're going to fight as hard as they can. And like Sydney Prescott, by the time Scream 5 comes around, she's over it. She is yeah. an action hero now. She knows what <laughs> she she's is. doing. She knows the, the format. She knows what to do. And she does it. Exactly. And uh, you could say the same thing of Laurie Strode, like in the first Halloween. Not even because in the first Halloween, she doesn't really fight. She just kind of runs, which is fair. I would be the same thing. She only she only fights when she absolutely has to. Yeah, which I feel like most people would do. Whereas Sydney Prescott and I think Samara is like, oh, is this a fight situation? Because I'll fucking kick your ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how, but I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, they're both smart. They can figure it out. Right. And I think Laurie Strode takes a couple movies to kind of become like badass. I'm going to kick your ass, Laurie Strode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Whereas I think Grace in Ready or Not and Sydney in Scream they reach that point at the end of their movies mm-hmm. um, because they're both women who did not ask for this. They uh, both have toxic boyfriends who right. <laughs> don't like, you know, deserve their love. <laughs> Fair enough. They don't. Speaking of her husband, I, I'm not going to say I didn't see it coming that he turned on her, but I was still shocked when his face kind of like dropped and he's like, you're not going to love me after this, are you? And I was just like, no, that was like my one hope for the movie is that they would figure it out, even though he's kind of a terrible person, but. <laughs> well, it's like the least terrible person of that family is um the brother, Adam Brody's character. Yeah. Because you think he's going to be an asshole and he is. <laughs> he is, but he's a good person. Kind of. He doesn't want to be an asshole though. There's something underneath. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of at the time I was like, no, don't kill him. But I kind of appreciate that he and the mom, Andy McDowell's character. I appreciate that they were killed off before the explosive ending. <laughs> yeah. Because like at he... least they didn't have to at least they didn't have to, you know, see and go through that. Right. He thinks that he died doing something good. And in the end. He would have died anyway, so at least he has that, like, last moment of, I'm okay, I'm a good person. He got that redemption, right. Yeah. Because he's he and the mother are the only ones I kind of feel sympathy for. Mm-hmm. And I feel even less sympathy for the mother because she, but with her I can understand because she does come from a place where she likes Grace. She thinks Grace is really good. Mm-hmm. And she wanted Grace to be part of the family, but she's going to pick her family and her sons, you know. Yeah, it kind of made me sad because she did want to be there for Grace and Grace was so right. excited to finally have a family. And then she turned on her the second she had to protect her family. So, But she had to protect her family. So it's like, I get where she's coming from, you know? Yeah, but at what cost? <laughs> I mean, that, but that's what, you know, mothers do. (laughs) Yeah. And, and like, I think that's what makes this film really smart and really uh, engaging is that's not an easy answer, you know? Mm -hmm. So, whereas the other characters are dicks and assholes. They're entitled rich people who just want, they're selfish and they know that. Right. But frustrating. Uh, I love Emily, the sister. Yeah. 
<laughs> she is probably my favorite character. She stresses me out. <laughs> She's stressed out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your favorite thing about her? I just love how incompetent she is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like when she accidentally crossbows the one helper, <laughs> she goes, she doesn't, everyone freaks out from that. And she goes, she just yells, why does this keep happening to me? To you? Right. You killed two people. What do you mean to you? Right. <laughs> just do it right. Come on. Yeah. And I just love when she kills the first one and the dad is like, why are you aiming for the head? Right. Because they're supposed to be alive. alive. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I don't feel sorry for her, but at the same time, she makes me laugh. Yeah. I think she's a great character. Charity, Adam Brody's wife, she is like the darkest side. <laughs> she is. She knows that she's kind of evil, but she's like, I'm not going back to where I was before. Right. I'd rather be rich than dead, which glad right. she can admit it, but. She's honest. Yeah. But like, she's cold. She mm -hmm. she was not opposed to shooting her own husband. Right. I that had me really shocked. Although knew... to be to be fair, he was willing to like let Grace live, mm -hmm. which would be at the expense of her. <laughs> so it's right. like you see it's it's good drama. It's good conflict. <laughs> it is because you want to root for everybody kind of you see where everyone's coming from. And it's like they're not. I think the only unlikable character is Aunt Helena. Oh, my God. But yes. she is so likable in how unlikable she is. Yeah. My first thought when I saw her at the wedding, she was sitting there in her little chair while everyone else is standing. Right. And she she looks like Yzma. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> I love when she's like, when uh, Emily arrives and she's like, hello, Aunt Helena, brown haired niece. You right. continue to exist. <laughs> that is so mean. I know. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I think she's a really, she over exaggerates a lot in the things that she says. And it, she's just like over the top. No one else yeah. is really over the top to me. And it feels kind of like it doesn't belong. I don't know if that makes sense. But, but, but now that I'm thinking about it, she's sympathetic too. Because the right. reason why she's so hard and kind of awful is because she was on the opposite end of yeah. the situation i get that and in the end she was like i should have just gone along with it i shouldn't have bought yeah. it Do she it got corrupted yeah Ugh. so it does make me sympathize with her a little bit i guess that would traumatize you to become yeah. cold and yeah i mean she's not a good person clearly no. <laughs> <laughs> at the end she's like the girl still dies like right. she's she's a bad She's a bad bitch, but, right. um, but like, <laughs> but like, I see where she's coming from. I can understand her point of view. And it's like, it, that's what makes a good movie, you know, mm -hmm. is, well, it, it's not the only thing that can make a good movie. There's a lot of things that can make a good movie. But for me, I think you get good movies where you have strong characters um, that like, you want them all to live and you know, they can't. Yeah. Um, I think this movie did a really good job of having like different and dynamic characters. Like, honestly, all of them were good to me. I like them all in yeah. their own way. But, you know, it's not always the case. These kinds of movies, usually they're kind of 
surface level right. people. Like the average Friday the 13th movie is like, I hate all these characters. Go get them, Jason. Right. Do your thing, cuz. Um, which is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre reference, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen that. So I referenced like Texas Chainsaw 3D, which is in like which is like the eighth or seventh or eighth or ninth movie or whatever. It's oh, up man. there. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think what makes Ready or Not a great film is it has a great cast who mm-hmm. get to play strong, dynamic characters, like you said. Yeah. Um, A character who I lovingly despise, I feel no, no sympathy towards him, is the butler. Oh, right. They're because like he, like... He takes glee in hurting Samara Weaving. Like, he enjoys doing that, but it's like, you're not part of the family, dude. Right. Like These, he, the family don't care if you that. live or die. Yeah. And that car scene where he's, like, singing along or whatever to the music, and she grabs him from behind and they flip the car. He's a dumb bad guy. <laughs> right. If there's a girl unconscious in your backseat, I don't care how out you think she is. You got to pay attention. <laughs> right. And why are you blasting classical music that loud? Right. He's like, in, don't get me wrong. I'm sorry. He's vibing. That's it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Tchaikovsky as much as the next guy. But <laughs> why? Like, come on. Just think a little. <laughs> you just beat a woman unconscious and your first thought is to blast the 1812 overture oh my god i mean it's a banger but no i no first off that's disrespectful but yeah Yeah. it's a great (laughs) song but it's disrespectful dude right (laughs) and you're right pay it pay fucking attention the job's not done yeah you can blast (laughs) your music once the sun comes up and the deed is done but right finish your job yeah uh but yeah he uh he uh but even then, he has his great moments. So it's like, no, it's just a great cast. And that's a good point that the movie brings up with the butler is if you're poor, but you're kind of like sucking on the teat, like <laughs> you'll do anything, you know, right. uh, kind of like a parasite. True. Which brings us to the next film in our discussion, Parasite. Never seen it. Don't yell at me. What? No. <laughs> I'm um, so behind. Another Eat the Rich <laughs> Love it. But, I need to uh, make a film list just to watch all of the Eat the Rich movies. We'll we'll come up with a film list. Okay, I got perfect. you. <laughs> I, but yeah, that's a great film. Definitely add that to your list. But no, I I think there's a lot of great stuff in uh a lot of great stuff in Ready or Not. So Samara Weaving, <laughs> what an icon! Because she's in Ready or Not, which I think a lot of people got introduced to her from Ready or Not. I think a lot of people, especially if they're Stephen Yen fans, got introduced to her in that Shutter exclusive Mayhem. A lot of people got introduced to her because she had kind of like a guest spot in Ash versus the Evil Dead. Oh. Which that's a pretty big horror show. And this is near the beginning of her career, I think, when she was in that. And I didn't watch the show at the time, so I got introduced to her with Ready or Not, but I watched ash versus evil dead kind of recently because last year i um last year i did a true okay i've seen the evil dead movies but i've never seen them all at once and i've never seen the show so i'm gonna do a true evil dead dive and i saw (laughs) her i saw samara weaving and i'm just like oh my goodness you are a queen 
<laughs> and now I've she's only... going to be in Scream 6. Right. I've only seen her in The Babysitter, Ready or Not. I'm so excited to see her in Scream 6 because she's played kind of a bad person before and she's played the victim before. So she could really do anything in that movie. And I don't want to try to guess what she's going to be, but I'm just so excited to see her in one of my favorite franchises. I think she's going to be the first kill. I am thinking that, but I'm hoping she's a ghost face. I don't know. That'd be awesome. I'd be fine with either, honestly. She would be a great ghost face. I'm just excited for her iconic scream to be featured in Scream. Yes. Oh, my gosh. The scream she lets out at the end of Ready or Not, where she has a knife and yeah, you're not in your head. You know exactly the one I mean. She has a great scream. She's like grunting and she's just, she lets it all out. And I love that. (laughs) She's definitely a favorite in the horror world, I think. Yeah, I'm new to being a fan of hers, but I'm here to stay, so... I'm the same way. I I'd still consider myself fairly new because I haven't even seen the babysitter. So, <laughs> but I, I recommend. Eh. <laughs> uh, okay, well, just for just to be, you know, caught up. To keep, yeah, to be caught up to keep my membership of the Samara Weaving <laughs> Fan Club. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, I think Ready or Not is fantastic. Do you have a favorite kill from Ready or Not? Hmm. You know what? the kill of her husband at the end when he is begging he's like no i'm just kidding Mm -hmm. i love you i'm sorry he deserved to be blown up with his family (laughs) and i like when she's like i want a divorce she throws the ring at him and then right do you think i've seen some theories on this do you think he exploded because she took the ring off like she won but he became part of her family so when she took the ring off that's when he became part of his family again i don't think that's wrong that's just, not my not interpretation of it yeah but i don't think I, I couldn't argue against it right like the it's there there's no argument against that so if anyone thinks that you're right yeah i personally think the reason why that happens is because the demon has style and yeah. a wonderful sense of irony so and you see the demons watching this entire time. So I think he was just kind of watching the drama and like, oh, this is a perfect time to do it. Right. So and he had to be last to see his whole family right. die right in front of him. Exactly. So what was your favorite kill? I think I got to go with Aunt Helena mm-hmm. <laughs> because I am a fan of people go with splody. Um, <laughs> I'm a simple man. I like my splodies, but. The shock I had the first time I watched it because I I had the Blu-ray in my room and I'm in bed and I'm watching this movie and she blows up out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck? And then everyone else, and I'm like, I'm like, this is my favorite thing right now. (laughs) (laughs) When they said they were all gonna die, I assumed they were just like drop dead. Right. But the exploding was so much better. I did not see that coming at all. And no. I was blown Ooh. away. There's a pun in there. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> There's a pun in there. Uh, <laughs> but I, oh my God. I I just love that ending. I just love that ending so much. Yeah, speaking of the ending, when, how is she going to explain all of this to the police? In-laws. Yeah, but does she go to jail? <laughs> 
like I thought it was funny but it, as soon as it ended I was like she's going to jail right like how would she explain all this it stresses me out well here's the thing she could just say they made me play hide and seek and they tried to kill me and I won right self-defense fair enough I mean she has the wounds to prove it right oh my god we have to talk about the scene in like that barn. Yeah. Oh when man. When her hand goes through the fucking nail. Oh, it was painful. Oh. I literally got like queasy. I don't do well with gore, so just like mm. seeing that happening, it felt like slow motion. I can't do it. <laughs> and then she unleashes an iconic scream. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samara Weaven special, but they really beat up Grace. They did in this movie. Ooh. There were Grace, so many times that it's cringed. Yeah, Grace goes through it. She is yeah. A-OK not having a good time, bruh. Like, <laughs> holy crap, the vibes are bad for Grace. Very bad. Ugh. But Redemption, when she punched the kid in the face that shot her. That's one of my favorite parts, because I like seeing a kid get slapped. No, uh... <laughs> Annoying no, no, that's a joke. But that comes out of nowhere, too. Because you don't expect the kid to fucking shoot her. <laughs> Right, but... Or try to shoot her, I mean... Yeah, thinking back to when the brothers were kids, though, they did take the side of the family. I didn't see it coming, though, but watching it again, I was like, that was a callback, okay. Right, and it's like, it's generational. Like, these kids are going to grow up to be assholes. Right, so they are just Well, they're not. (laughs) They're not going to grow up to be assholes because uh, they went (laughs) splody. Forgot about that. But yeah, what a fantastic film. So I got to ask, there's been a lot of Scream in this conversation because you can't talk about Ready or Not without talking about Scream. It's just the radio silence connection, (laughs) now the Samara Weaving connection. And I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Brody had a cameo in Scream 6. Well, he was in Scream 4. Actually, I would be surprised. You're completely right. Yes. (laughs) He was in Scream 4. He plays the officer. Yes. I wish he lived. Spoilers for Scream 4, but... <laughs> Maybe Andy McDowell would have a uh, cameo, because I'd like to see more Ready or Not alumni. Yes, I would but love But you're that. absolutely right. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about Adam Brody in Scream 4, because I say He's, that a lot. His character's kind of forgettable, sadly. <laughs> there is no such thing as a forgettable Scream character. You know what? You're right. <laughs> Even what's-his-name from Scream 3. I gotta ask, Scream... Ready or not connection, if Grace, not Samara Weaving's character in Scream 6, but I mean if actual Grace from Ready or Not met up with Ghostface, who do you think would win? Is this after the family thing, or is this separate? Uh, let's say this is after Ready or Not. Okay, um, I think she would win, because she has been through hell and back. She's not letting anyone, let alone a Ghostface, take her out. And she's smarter. She's learned all of these tricks. She's just smarter. Yeah, she could take a dweeb in a mask. Right. Yeah, they're all dweebs. So. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there even a ghost face that isn't a dweeb? Because Billy and Stu, iconic, but they're dweebs. They are dweebs. Mickey is a dweeb. <laughs> um, Mrs. Loomis, I don't think she's a dweeb. No, I think she could pass as just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roman's a fucking dweeb. The dweebiest. Dweeb. The dweebiest dweeb. Yeah. Jill's not a dweeb. No. Jill's a psychopath. 
she I mean yeah. they're all psychopaths but like she's Jill the psychopath yeah Jill's not a dweeb though no Charlie is yep but Jill's mean so mean <laughs> yeah she like yeah Richie's definitely a dweeb right so is Amber yeah yeah so only two non-dweebs in the ghost face canon so far she, she could take on a dweeb maybe not yeah. Jill that might be a little toss up there Okay, Jill's mean, but Jill's tiny as fuck. I th- but if I think Grace can kick Jill's ass. She could. But could she kick Charlie's? Jill controls Charlie. But Charlie Maybe. is a dweeb. Oh, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I think her hardest one might be Mrs. Loomis. Yeah, I would agree. Because like, but, you know, Jill crazy. Jill's so, because like Amber, Amber's tiny, but Amber has that psychopath strength. Yeah. Like, she is going hard. And people are like, uh, spoilers for Scream 5. Um, <laughs> people are like, oh, I don't find it believable that Amber could have killed Dewey, a grown man. Okay. Amber is on some fucking adrenaline. Yeah. You see how many times she stabs people when she's in the ghost face mask? Like, I was one of the also, people... Do- Dewey's broken. He is. He has a limp. Fun little limp. He has, like, a bunch of like spinal injuries and like <laughs> oh my gosh it's not it's not like a grown man in his prime it's mm-hmm. a grown man who's been beaten the shit out of like had four periods in his life where he sustained life-threatening injuries maybe scream yeah. three is the one where he doesn't you know but still traumatizing yeah. to the body but exactly Ghostface as a thing like i was one of those people who was like Amber cannot be the killer. She's so tiny. But Ghostface is just like an entity. If they yeah. really showed Amber in the Ghostface costume, we would all know. So I just like to think we never know who's under there. Ghostface is just Ghostface. And we go along with that. <laughs> and also Amber, and like I said, I think Amber has that adrenaline. Yeah. Adrenaline does crazy things. Right. And like, no, she. Amber's definitely a like she goes to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> she's got muscle. Mm-hmm. And could she have taken? Could she have taken down like Cotton Weary? No. Yeah, no. But a broken Dewey? Yeah. Who was taken off? He was just like distracted for one split second, and she took that second. That's all you right. need, really. And um, I thought that was kind of cheap, but I did not think it was cheap um, that Amber <laughs> could kill Dewey. Scream right. 4 Dewey, maybe not. Because Scream 4 Dewey seems to be he's in his prime. Yeah. The effects of all of those injuries hasn't really uh, taken its toll yet. Yeah, and but, his wife didn't go down the toilet yet. So <laughs> Right. But um, in this, in Scream 5, like he, he let himself go and... You know, all those injuries added up. Mm-hmm. No longer working. He's no longer up and around. Because I don't think he has that limp in Scream 4 or Scream 3. Right. I think that was just a continuity error. <laughs> Maybe. But but he has it in Scream 2 because, like, Scream 2 took place, like, within a year of Scream. Yeah, so... he's still recovering from all, all that. Not yeah, surviving. Spinal... Sp- like, he got carried out in a stretcher in the original Scream. Yeah. Whereas Scream 3, a little... A few years have passed and, you know, he's a grown man and a young grown man. So my issue is not with Amber. I think I think Grace could take Amber, though. Yeah, because Grace, <laughs> um, especially post ready or not, Grace, because 
Grace has that survivor instinct. Mm-hmm. Like Cindy and Gail. They took her on. It took exactly. kind of two of them, but they did it. Grace can do it. I think Grace can do it. Yeah, I think Grace would win 1v1v versus all the ghost faces. Yes, I would agree with that. <laughs> I think she only gets taken out if it's like Billy and Stu. Yeah, but she could take on one. Uh, if it was just one, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. I think she could. I think she could outfight Billy. I think she can outsmart Stu. Oh yeah. And even then, to prove your point, people are always like, "Well, you can tell if it's Amber because she's so tiny." You could say the same thing about Jill. Yep. And like, there's like a nine foot height difference between Matthew Lillard and everyone else on the Scream cast. Yeah. So. So. I've just stopped taking into account like anything when I'm trying to predict the ghost face. I just, I just don't even try to guess anymore. <laughs> I'm always wrong. <laughs> I think the only time I was ever right with a screen prediction, because I'm, I don't remember. I know I was, I know I didn't get, uh, okay. So I thought it was Billy Loomis the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I did not get that. It was also Matthew Lillard, like, the reveal of two ghost face killers. Oh, scream. Um, spoilers for scream, by the way. <laughs> I'll probably have to edit in like uh, spoilers for the entire scream franchise in our right. ready or not episode. They should just um, know scream will always be in these episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Scream, Jaws, and Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really gullible. And so they're like, oh, it's obviously not Billy. So I'm like, oh, it's not Billy. And I just flip flop the whole movie and I just can never get it right. <laughs> I pegged Amber right away. I knew it was Amber yeah. the whole time. She was not oh. really in the movie a lot. So I, was, I had an inkling, but the trailer made me think otherwise. I thought she was a goner. So no, I just, I just like. Well, when she was a subject of the initial Ghostface call to other Scream Queen, Jenna Ortega, mm-hmm. um, as soon as like, oh, Amber's going to get it. I'm just like, oh, Amber's a Ghostface killer. Ooh. Right. I'm going to try and find who else it is. And while all the signs that pointed to Richie the whole time, I was like, oh, it's not Richie because he's so clearly being flagged as the ghost face <laughs> killer that it's not going to be him. And then it was him. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I overthought what? it. Rewatching. I noticed that he watched the first sad movie on Netflix. Then they went to Dewey's house and he was like, he's better in the movies. Movies. I don't know if that was just like a little slip, but I was like, so we've seen all the movies before. And he said he had not. Therefore, I think that was an, I think that was an unintentional slip by Richie, intentional slip by the filmmakers. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, hmm. See, I overthink. I'm an overthinker. Well, on a rewatch, I've noticed that he's wearing the same kind of like plaid, blue plaid that Jill and Billy wear. Yeah. There's a people keep talking about the plaid theory or whatever. And they think that the creators are catching on. And so people are looking at the new Scream characters and they're like, oh, that one's in plaid. That's the killer. I don't think so. I think they know we've caught on and they're not going to do it anymore. But it is fun to look back. Well, they did it the first time uh, just because they knew. You know, they're what I love about Radio Silence is they're massive Scream fans. Yeah. To the point where they brought back Deputy Hicks. <laughs> yes. I love Deputy Hicks. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, no, they know that lore inside and out. They did that because I don't think they thought they were going to make another Scream movie. Right. So they made yeah. Scream thinking 
It was going to be their last one. They're going to give it their all. Oh, I'm so glad there's another one. <laughs> yeah, because now it's just like, what do you what can you do now? My expectations are not high. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so I'm probably going to love the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine are so high. Like, I'm trying to keep them down in check, but I'm so excited. It's so new and exciting. Like, everything's been in Woodsboro or, like, college. And now this is New York City. Scream 5 avoided the one thing I didn't want them to do. And Scream 6 is going to avoid the one thing I don't want them to do by default. Which is? Uh, I did not want them, because I saw a lot of theories of them doing this online. And I'm like, I think it'd be fucking stupid if they made Sidney Prescott the killer. Oh my god, yeah. I don't know. that That doesn't make any sense. That is, it's like, okay. What if we did Halloween, but Laurie Strode is the killer? No, right. that's not the... But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Scream 6 is not going to do that. Yeah. Because Paramount's a little bitch and didn't pay Nev Campbell. So... Mm-hmm. Still mad, but whatever. I'm not mad at the filmmakers. No. Because they don't control that. That's a, that's beef with the studio that I have. I mean, yeah. I'm still going to see the fucking movie, so I'm part of the problem. <laughs> but... Right. I support Nev Campbell. Get paid. Uh-huh. If- I'm sad she won't be in it, but at this point, she can be happy with her family. Um, yeah. And we can yeah. move on. She can come back later if they pay her right. enough. Right. And I'm just proud of Nev Campbell for knowing her worth and just like, you know what? If they want to lowball you, they can pay the price. Yep. That's what you're dating. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't get too upset with bad movie sequels. Mm-mm. Not saying Scream 6 is going to be bad. I'm just saying, if it is, it's not going to ruin my day. I'm going to be like, oh, no. I love a really bad, scary movie. Like a <laughs> terrible one. <laughs> I might. I might. Well, if Scream 6 is bad, I'm not saying it is. But if it is, I might be a little concerned because I have i don't think any of the Scream movies are bad. Yeah, I love them all. <laughs> I think Scream 3 is the closest to bad and Scream 3 is fine. I think Scream 2 is worse than 3. You're wrong, but it's I know, fine. I know. You know I'm, so kid- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I don't think there's really wrong Scream opinions because th- they have a consistent level of quality. Mm-hmm. And I think Scream 6 is going to continue that. Yeah. I don't think it's going to blow me away. I don't think it's going to become my favorite, but I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to have a lot of surprise and turns. And I'm still giving Radio Silence goodwill because of Ready or Not. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much faith in them. My thing is, as we get closer to the movie, the reason why I'm keeping low expectations for Scream 6 is I just know myself. I'm going to start building up expectations of what I want, (laughs) and I'm going to be disappointed when the movie I made in my head isn't followed through. Right. I'm trying to stay away from theories and stuff, but it's so hard because I'm so excited. But yeah, I'm trying to just calm down. I'll see it when I see it. (laughs) Scream 6 also has the benefit of it's not my most anticipated movie at the moment. What is? Indiana Jones 5. Okay. I'm a I huge indie fan. I'm a huge <laughs> indie fan. Whereas last year, it was all Scream for me because I didn't have... 2022 became a really great year mm-hmm. uh, for movies. But when Scream was first coming out, I guess I had the Doctor Strange trailer. And I was excited for Doctor Strange, but like... There wasn't anything where I'm like, oh, and like I wasn't as hyped for Jurassic World Dominion as I have been for other movies. 
right of that franchise i mean i still was hyped because dinosaurs but of course not as much as i was for the original jurassic world our jurassic world fallen kingdom and i was right to not be that hyped i'll just say uh it's fine okay (laughs) it's not my favorite movie it's not my least favorite movie but what's protecting scream six from me getting too high of expectations for it is there's an evil dead movie also kind of taking up mental space for me and then indiana jones 5 is the movie i will be obsessed with this year see all i have is scream 6 i don't have anything else on my radar right now i have a countdown i am the biggest scream fan debatable but (laughs) (laughs) and i mean like i think a big reason why screams like i'm excited for scream 6 don't get me wrong but i also think another reason is when your icon goes to new york yeah it's not always the best sign yeah uh, so so i have my reservations i have my reservations <laughs> but i'm excited i mean i love screams so i just think it was so long before scream 5 came out that there was like a scream before and so now we've waited like one year that's like nothing so, right yeah right so i'm still on the high from the original scream or yeah. not the original <laughs> but a scream 5 I'm still on the high from Scream 5, so I think that's another reason why. Right. I'm still watching Scream 5, like, a couple times a month. It's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I saw it. It was a a movie I saw the most times in theaters for uh, 2022. How many did you see it? Uh, Five times. Oh, my God. See, I wanted to go back to theaters, but I just bought it as soon as it came out on Amazon. Oh, I did that, too. (laughs) Yeah. I I got the 4K Steelbook. Oh, I'm a fan. (laughs) Uh, I did get knocked out of my top five, though, but it held the number one spot for a few months and then it held number two for a very long time. (laughs) But at the end of the year, my top five ended up being everything everywhere all at once, which took the number one spot as soon as I saw it and then never let it go. (laughs) And then Nope ended up taking number two, which Nope fought with Scream for a little bit. But the more I saw Nope, um, because Nope was not number two immediately. Nope was far lower, but it just kind of went up. Then Steven Spielberg gets in the list on the list last second with uh, the Fablemans. And then I ended up really loving Elvis. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I have not seen any of those movies. (laughs) Any in your top five. And the one that kind of knocked out Scream in my ranking today, um, because Scream is like Scream is like top five. But it's not top five because for me, the film that kind of battles Scream for my top five is Prey. Okay. So Scream 22, uh, Scream 2022 and Prey are like the same movie for me. <laughs> Love that. Favorite horror, uh, one of my favorite horror icons, Check. Brand new, I love Final Girl with amazing sibling dynamic, <laughs> Check. Re- Boots, one of my favorite franchises in a way that most people really love. Check. And then just being a good movie. Check. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, as someone who's been burnt by bad sequels, not to name any franchises. So don't worry, Jurassic World Dominion. Don't worry, Halloween ends. I'm not going to call you out. Oops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like Prey and Scream were I thought those did a very good line rebooting their respective franchises with enough original material and enough fan service for me to be satisfied in both departments. 
Yeah, I can see that. And right now I'm giving Prey the edge <laughs> just because I like the Predator slightly more than I like Ghostface. Mm, disagree, but fair enough. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair, but it's, here's the thing. I'm always going to be a monster kid at heart. Yeah, I'm more of like a like a thriller kind of person. So like Ghostface is more thriller than a monster right. to me. And Predator is a monster. And it's like a monster and a slasher. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Best of both worlds for me. Uh, but Ghostface is my favorite slasher. Love it, as it should be. And, <laughs> yeah, but no, I like Sam as a final girl. Uh, Sam uh, and Tara. I like and then, Tara more. And then uh, Naru from Prey is a really good final girl. But she's not really a final girl. You'll have to see Prey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on my list. But yeah, I bring a final girls because Grace is like... <laughs> <I> forgot. <laughs> Grace is top five all-time final girl for me. Ooh, who are the rest? My number one has to be Sydney Prescott. Yep. I'm actually literally wearing. Ah, I saw the Sydney and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Everyone listening, you can't see it, but I'm literally, literally wearing a Sydney Prescott sweater I got from <laughs> Hot Topic. And it's like one of my favorite sweaters. <laughs> I want that. I want it. <laughs> I have this and I have a, a hoodie that I got from Box Lunch that says the ghost face. And it's like a North Face jacket. I didn't know they had that. It's old. It's older. It was before you started working there. Mm, okay. Darn. But yeah, I'd have to say number one, Sydney Prescott. That one's the easiest for me. Number two, I'm going to go with Ellen Ripley from Alien. Okay. I'm a huge Alien fan. And yeah, I I, I love Ripley. <laughs> I think Ripley's a fantastic character. This is where it gets hard, right? Mm-hmm. Number three, I think I'm going to go with Nancy Thompson from Nightmare. Okay. Especially because I love my three favorite Nightmare movies are the Heather, Heather Langenkamp Nightmare movies. <laughs> I'm going to put Grace at number four. Okay. Because I'm really high on Samara Weaving right now. I love <laughs> Grace. And I think Ready or Not, it's a fantastic film. Hmm. It's the final spot, though. <laughs> ah, there's so many... There's so many options. I know. Put you on the spot. You did put me on the spot. I was not prepared for this. Just I was first thing that comes to your head. <laughs> this might be a little bit of a uh, recency bias, but I'm going to put in... No, no, because she's not a final girl. I was going to say Naru, Amber Midthunder's character from Prey, but that's not te- she's not technically a final girl because that's more of like a duel, if okay. that makes sense. You'll have to watch Prey, but I don't think Prey follows the slasher footsteps (laughs) in the way the original Predator. The original Predator does follow the slasher skeleton for plot. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is technically a final girl in Predator. (laughs) So that's my fifth spot is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch in Predator. No. um... (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say perfect. Fine by me. (laughs) You're just like, I want this part to be done. No. I'm debating the one who's coming to mind is Naomi Watts in the ring. Ooh, I don't but like is she ring. really a is she really a final girl though? Because she's more like an investigator, right? Who's the other one you're thinking about? The one that I kind of have recency bias towards is Sienna in uh, Terrifier Two. Oh, yeah. Because I I saw Terrifier Two in theaters. I'm like, I, I didn't really care for the first Terrifier movie. It did what it did, and I was not the target audience yeah um, i like gore 
but I need a story to justify the gore. And I don't feel that Terrifier 1 had a story. It was more these very impressive, very sickening special effects, and I don't care to see that movie ever again. (laughs) Terrifier 2 ups the ante on the gore. It does. But there's a story. And I yeah. actually liked the story. And I thought Sienna was a really good character. I like Art the Clown. I don't necessarily love the Terrifier movies. Mm-hmm. There's just too much gore for me. And like, You did say earlier you don't do yeah. you don't do gore well. And Terrifier <laughs> 2 and Terrifier, like both those films. Yeah. But Terrifier 2, um, I did think it was a, a bit long. I don't think it needed to be two and a half hours. It was long. <laughs> but I liked the story that was there. Mm-hmm. And I thought um, Sienna was a really good final girl. Right. But like I said, that could be recency bias, too. Yeah, this is not the official list. <laughs> it's definitely recency bias. Because, yeah. like, I just... I mentioned her early in the podcast. I straight up forgot about Laurie Strode. <laughs> I just thought of her. I uh, was just thinking and I love she, Halloween. she was a great final girl. Because she kind of just runs away she faces her fears and the you know halloween ends and stuff but i don't know i mean i love her in halloween 2018 yeah she was good and i like her in halloween 2 and then <laughs> h2o she's really good in h2o mm-hmm. so she's just I an icon guess, no oh absolutely i guess for right now i'm gonna give it to because i'm not a i love x and pearl but i'm not a big fan of maxine Mm. Not yet, at least. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm just kind of going through Final Girls <laughs> in my mind right now. You know what? Elizabeth Moss from The Invisible Man. Oh, okay. I, she's kind of Final Girl material, I think. Um, Don't argue that. Mia from The Evil Dead remake is really badass. <laughs> um, She goes through it. Kate Siegel's character in Hush. Yeah, I loved Hush. Micah Monroe's character in It Follows and her character in Watcher. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh I'm thinking of as many as I can, but the top three is easy for me. Yeah. It's once you get past things. it's <laughs> once you get past that uh Nancy Thompson where I'm like, uh and right now I'm gonna give Grace that fourth spot pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But like there's so many options how do you even pick exactly exactly and like there are characters where like are they a final girl are they not a final girl like helen lyle and Candyman, is she a final <laughs> girl is anyone of you know what i mean maybe. so <laughs> maybe like the saw movies don't really have final girls it's yeah. really like a slasher concept i forgot about kirsty from hellraiser <laughs> she's a final girl uh, the Friday the 13th franchise has too many final girls. I can't keep track. Right. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so I enjoy I enjoy that final girl tangent. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make you do a top five. But who is your favorite final girl? Obviously, Sydney Prescott. Who is your backup? Because um, that was too quick. I have to I make know. you at least do one. Maybe just because I watched the movie, I'll go with Grace. <laughs> it's too easy. I, I like don't know. It. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I like it. It I just works. feel like she's relatable and anyone could have been that final girl. I don't know. Well, let's put you on the spot. If you found yourself marrying the love of your life 
and to get inducted into the family, you had to play a deadly game of hide and seek. Would you die? Well, okay. I just like to think that I wouldn't get myself in that situation, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I would have done things differently than Grace. Like when she hid in the dumbwaiter, I feel like that's the first place they would look, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she also didn't hide for very long. I would have hid the whole the whole night. <laughs> yeah. But if I was shot in the hand, that would have been game over for me. I would have just cried, laid there. <laughs> so I'm just going to say I think I would die. I don't think I'm very lucky. She got lucky a few times. Yeah. So I think I would die. <laughs> She's opportunistic. Yeah. Sadly, I wouldn't make it till morning to see them all explode. Yeah, I, I agree with your first thing. You said you would like to think you wouldn't be in that position. I know I wouldn't be in that position. <laughs> Hashtag forever alone. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm just so, like, easily paranoid. So if I went to this big castle kind of house mm-hmm. and they're all weird, rich people, like, I don't know. I just would feel weird. I just wouldn't have the wedding there. And I know that's the whole point is that they have to have the wedding there. I just wouldn't do it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, easy peasy. Don't get married. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know from this movie. Oh, you want me to have, you're forcing me to have a wedding there? Well, well right. I'm, I'm just going to call it off. Like, have a nice well, life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Exactly. It's like, yeah, that's kind of a red flag. Yeah. There's a Deal lot of red breaker. flags. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, ready or not, that is a great film. And I loved rewatching it for this <laughs> episode. So, so where can the peeps find you should you want to be found? Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook for photography. Instagram is my first name, Mariah dot Rayanne, R-A-E-A-N-N-E. And that's where I post all my wedding photography and creative photography. So follow me there. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Mariah for joining me to talk ready or not and, you know, scream and for being a huge supporter of my podcast since day one. Mariah, you're a real one. A reminder that next month, March 1st, 2023, I am launching the Would You Die podcast Patreon. This little podcast has been blessed with amazing support over the past year, and I think it's time for it to grow even further. Some things you can look forward to include monthly bonus episodes and monthly movie commentaries, among other fun perks. If you love this podcast, I really hope you consider joining once it is up and running. No segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week this episode. I apologize for the inconvenience. If you're interested in this part of the podcast, follow me at letterbox at TaurusAU so you can see all the movies I log and see my little reviews. You can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. You can also follow me on TikTok at Would You Die Podcast, where it's become mostly shitposts of gizmo dancing to random music I find. You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend, Josie Palmer. Next week's episode, we're talking about a villain that just sticks in the back of your mind. (laughs) Literally. Until then, I'm Austin Torres. Spartans will.